0: Hey, everyone, welcome to our first official South by Southwest 2022 interview episode. Today, it's our repeat offenders show, when we welcome back past guests who've been on the podcast before and have new projects debuting this year in Austin. We've got Milos Mitrovic and Fabian Velasco, who we interviewed in person in Park City in 2020 for Slam Dance, And this year, they've got a new film called Horse Brothers. We've also got Alice Goo from CamFest 2021, and she's got a new documentary called Really Good Rejects. And last but not least, we've got Leah Shore, who was on with us at South by Southwest last year. This year, she directed the new Peaches music video, Pussy Mask. We also want to thank our friends over at Lost Republic for sponsoring our South by Southwest coverage this year, and for being the official whiskey of the Bitch Talk podcast. You can visit them at their website at lostrepub.com. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome
1: to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our
2: monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe.
1: You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at BFF.FM.
2: And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. We are so excited to bring back on the show for your second time, Leah Shore, who is the director of Peach's music video that might be the favorite, my favorite thing I've watched so far by Southwest. Yeah. Songs called Pussy Mask. Uh, And and Leah, we're so happy to have you back. Welcome.
3: Uh, Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. (laughs) Yeah,
2: Yeah. we were so super excited just to see your name pop up. And we remember you bringing this up the last time we interviewed you for PUSS (laughs) at South by Southwest last year. Mm -hmm. Um, So for our audience, can you just give a brief description of uh, (laughs) the Pussy Mask music video for Peaches?
3: (laughs) Well, I just think, you know, it's it's a time capsule uh, of the pandemic and it's about masking up, but a really funny uh, tongue in cheek satire music video that Peaches made. It's, I mean, the the song, it's, it's really good. Everyone should see it. I don't know if I should ruin it too much, but there are like lots of vaginas in it. Um, and yeah, you should see it. I don't
1: know. Yeah, I appreciated the different colored vaginas. Mm
3: -hmm. Uh, Thank you. Yeah.
1: Representation matters. Seriously. Um, how did this happen? Leah? How did this, how did this meeting happen? Great,
3: great question. Um, (laughs) I, first of all, yeah, I directed an episode for Josh like years ago. Josh isn't, I don't think a company anymore. I'm not sure, but it's this comedy company that produced a ton of content. And I, I directed an episode uh called like worst roommates ever but like not criminals um mm, mm-hmm. it's a, it was an animated thing and uh i was fortunate enough to have a peaches story and we just you know befriended each other after that because i think we have like similar ideas in art and life um so yeah we just stayed in touch for years um and then she you know sh- shared the song with me during the pandemic and Honestly, I'm very I'm thrilled that I, I got to do this because uh, it like saved my mind, my mm-hmm. depressed mind. You know, everyone's depressed in the world, but um, it, it definitely was a great distraction for me. Um, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah.
2: It is so much fun to watch. Uh, and I, I'm curious, was there was it always going to be animated or were you maybe going to have a claymation pussy or a, a mechanical <laughs> pussy?
3: Oh, great. Also, great question. Um, <laughs> I also make live action films, so I was just like, oh, maybe it, it could be crazy live action. I don't know. But she really was um, leaning towards animation. And I was like, OK, fine. for you. OK. You know, I, I had a crew of like Rob Yolfo um, animated it with me and uh, John Harrison did VFX on oh, it. And that was it. Like that was my crew. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was going to ask, I mean, this video writes itself with her lyrics.
3: Yeah, totally. <laughs>
1: but but how much um, input did she have? Were you guys kind of working in tandem or is she just like hands off?
3: I trust you. She, was, she like was very trustworthy with me. I mean, like we briefly talked about ideas and then at some point she was just like run with it and um, I storyboarded it, you know, um, and then. You know, she loved it all. It was like very easy. Um, yeah, it was
2: a match made in heaven. Leah it seriously, was.
3: it definitely was. I yeah, the, make more the things
2: two, yes, yeah, so the two of you joining forces is just perfection. Um, and and Peaches is a true wordsmith. I mean, we've loved her forever. What one of my favorite lyrics of hers is: "You can pat my Ben, pat my Ben, pat my Benitar." So I'm curious to know what, what is, what is, what is the favorite lyric of, of yours? Of oh no. I mean, this, this music, this song alone, yeah, I kept writing I, down lines. Like, oh, that's my yeah. favorite. No, oh, that's my favorite. Yeah, it was,
3: it's probably from just this. Cause I've listened to it so many times. <laughs> like, I don't know how many times I've, I've listened to this song. So probably something, I, you know, my favorite lyric in the song is pussy, not Karen, not Karen. You know, that, that was, that's pretty great yeah she's a wordsmith I yeah I don't know the mother of WAP you know um
2: literally yeah yeah. I'm like what are you talking about listen to peaches you know
3: learn some Uh, history
2: kids
1: yeah
3: she like inspired everyone I think all all modern day uh feminists I think artists you know so
1: So has anyone else in that's kind of in this video seen this video. Oh my
3: God, I kept tagging them, you know, <laughs> fauci, AOC. Um, I i don't think they've seen it. They should. I would love to see like a reactionary uh, video of them watching it. That'd be kind of amazing.
2: <laughs> okay, yeah. well, keep us posted because <laughs> I mean AOC in particular, I feel like she'll respond.
3: Yeah. I feel like she would like give a it. shout out. I feel like they would both like it i mean, um but you know who knows? I don't know. How can we make this happen? I don't... I, I, I mean it's gonna be at South by, so
1: yeah, maybe We're, they'll see it that way. Word is like, gonna
2: spread. Yeah. Something's <laughs>
4: gonna
3: spread. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, it's and, also it's also um touring around America right now at on um there's uh Dan Savage hosts a film, a curated sexy film festival called Hump. So it's playing there too. So everyone can see it.
2: Mm-hmm. Do you think Fauci yeah. goes to that? I highly doubt
3: that. <laughs> Unless he's promoting safe sex. I don't know.
2: I would hope so. He, that man yeah. needs a break. Anyway, um, the last yes. time you were, last time you were on was a year ago and we were commiserating over our our, our thirstiness during the quarantine. Yeah. So I just wanted Still to thirsty. take a, I just wanted yeah. to take a second to catch up because, you know, how are you doing? It's been a year. I'm good.
3: I'm good. You know, uh, hanging in there, always seeking out some strange um. <laughs> nothing nothing's changed
1: <laughs> are you going to South by I am yeah are you guys oh good uh, oh no.
3: we're the only ones not going. No, like I I have to go because like just to see this crazy music video play next to like little Nas X and like Dua Lipa is gonna be hilarious um mm-hmm. also because they have like super huge budgets too so it's like it's really it's amazing that they programmed this you know. On so many different levels, yeah.
2: I think it's perfect. It fits right in, and it, uh, you're going to get so much love. I mean, and hopefully some strange. I mean, how are you not gonna? I, from you this? never know.
3: You never know. I, my heart and loins are open. to <laughs> Experience. Uh, um,
1: wait uh, a minute. Who's who's gonna who's gonna take care of your cat?
3: Great what question, George. I, where is he? I don't. Um, how, how is my he? roommate? I have a roommate. <laughs>
1: Uh, He's really good. Let me hear it. Yeah, I want to see him. (laughs) Yeah, it always has to be a part of the interview.
0: (laughs) Oh,
2: Look at Cokie. Cokie just creeped in. Oh, Leah, you have to see Aaron's dog Cokie just snuck in. (laughs) She she literally snuck in when you said that, Limber. That was hilarious. Well, because she's now she's sun drunk. She's been sitting in the sun. We don't know how long he'll stay in my arms, but. Oh, look, there's that mush face. So right, Hi, George. Look at Leah. Look at Aaron's dog. Cokie just poked in right when you left there. She, she's right there. Oh, they yeah. look together. Aww. Yeah. 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 They're actually really similar uh, with a yes. flat face. and oh, yeah, totally. Half I black, a, half white.
3: Yeah, I have a pug of cats. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> Um, I actually got him after I, I made a music video um, for Gina Volpe uh, called "Don't Touch Your Face," and it's just a cat punching things and being angry. <laughs> but it definitely
1: inspired me to get him. Yeah. I swear, I love how your brain works. Seriously,
2: <laughs> it's, yeah, it's and, good. And you just are working your ass off. You're you're just a South yeah. Southwest regular at this point. Uh, what's what's coming up for you? Or what do you working uh, like,
3: on? Like film festival wise, or like, or just like,
2: film wise, or creative wise, or? Um, I'm, I'm
3: I'm starting. You know, it's really hard to make a feature film, but I'm trying to get that the ball rolling. There, it's it's in its baby stages. So I'm just you know trying to perfect the script, and then we will see. But I really think you guys would like it. It's a horror movie. A comedic, yes, it's a comedic horror movie. So,
1: Perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just, just we'll have you on no matter what. Just come on. Maybe we'll just go to New York and interview yeah. you
3: in person. Let's uh,
2: grab a <laughs> <something>. but, yes, <laughs> let's go hunting for some strange together, Leah, because Aaron I'm used to be down. my partner in crime, and now I have no one. So got like, married. Yeah, I got ew. hitched. Sorry, We're, sorry,
3: guys. Um, it's okay. We sorry,
2: guys. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to all the men out there. No, Leah. I think I think we would make a good duo. I'm just saying.
3: Definitely. Uh, We're
2: we're planning a trip to New York soon because we have some people to to meet up with. So hoping that happens soon in the future. But in the meantime, I hope you have a great South by Southwest. Thank you for stopping by with us again. We've been talking to Leah Shore, director of the magnificent Peaches music video, Pussy Mask. Check it out, wear a mask, find some pussy, and have a good day. Yes. I don't know. It just came to me. (laughs) It
3: was great. That should be your slogan.
1: Yeah, I mean yeah. Uh, yeah. We're gonna now rebrand. So <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: thank you. <laughs> Wear a mask and find some pussy. And have a, good have day. a nice day. Yeah. Oh yes, I do. Yes. That's do <laughs> yeah. That's important. Yeah.
2: Because You can well, yes. still have a bad day even after yeah. you find a mask and some pussy. Welcome to South by Southwest
1: 2022. We're here with uh, two guys that were on our show a couple of years ago, before uh, the planet went to hell. Um, And we're just really excited that they're still creating really interesting, mind-bending films (laughs) that every time we see them, we're like, yeah,
2: yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They're filmmakers Milos Mitrovic and Fabian Velasco. This film's called Horse Brothers, and the last time we talked to you, we talked to you about Tapeworm. So welcome back to the show, you guys. Hi, thank you. Hi. Thanks for having us. Yeah, (laughs) of course. We saw your names, and we had to. Um, So I'm going to go with Milos. Can you tell the audience what Horse Brothers is about?
5: Uh, Horse Brothers is a short film that's really uh, like a funny, weird thing that me and Fabian made that we, uh, it's about these two brothers who live on a farm, and I play one of them, and my horse tells me that my brother is pinching money from our uh, sales of broken iPads, so I concoct a plan to kill him, and craziness ensues.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and, and just as with, I'm pretty sure I asked you this when we were interviewing you for Tapeworm as well, but... Uh, were any drugs involved in the creation of this story? <laughs> you know, maybe, or I mean, just how do you pull these?
5: Just sertraline, like Zoloft. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else, unfortunately. I think that we we pitched this to like uh, Disney or like Fox had uh, had this thing, uh, bite-sized horror shorts, and we just pitched a bunch of ideas like right before COVID started, like a week after, or two or three weeks after Slam Dance and uh pretty much we didn't get it and then we were like oh let's make the horse movie anyway and then we've been making it since i don't know the fall of 2020
6: yeah we filmed in april we started filming april 2020 and we're we're still editing it until a month ago
1: wow so this is something you guys have been working on since we saw you last
5: yeah, oh, yeah you pretty know, much. I have, to, I have to say that we had like a long lockdown Like we had a lockdown from October all the way up until maybe April where like it was like crazy. You couldn't like it was like everyone was sick and stuff like that. So we couldn't do anything. We literally couldn't do anything for like October, November, December, January, February, March. I'm really bad at math. That's like seven, I think.
2: (laughs) Close enough. We get the point yeah well what was tell me about the involvement of the horses have you ever worked with horses before did you know someone with a horse farm what was that experience like
6: uh no we never worked with a horse before and uh after this terrible shooting i don't think we would work with them again Mm.
0: we rented a
6: place that was i don't know we paid like so much money for like four hours of shooting and um, it was just hard to get a good reactions from the horse. It, just, <laughs> it kept moving around and we couldn't even get a, I don't know, it was tough. Hmm. In the edit, it was pretty tough to uh, find a good shot, you know, to cut to the horse, I guess. But.
1: And, and I was going to say, this film's a little bit, obviously, based on The Godfather
6: yeah yeah <laughs> is
1: that a huge influence on both of you
6: or not really but we always like for some reason we always quote it and then it always we're always end up talking about the godfather but i would say the biggest one for this one was at the lighthouse if we're talking about movies that we're trying to rip off i think that the lighthouse <laughs> was gonna be probably the the one that kind of triggered the movie and then we added all these other references and Well, I wanted
2: to know because you work together a lot and you both are writers, directors and editors on this. So can you talk about your process together? Like who whose strengths are where and and where do you butt heads? I want to know about all the drama behind the scenes.
5: Oh, there's always (laughs) drama. There's always (laughs) constant drama. (laughs) Just kidding. I don't know. Uh, I guess what you say, Fabian.
6: (laughs) Well, for this one, the, I, don't the I don't know, I think um, Milish comes up with a lot of the dialogue, like on set, because we always end up, I mean, tape one was different because that one, that one was fully improvised, I think, but for this one, we wrote a script and I wrote a bunch of dialogue, but then that ends up completely changed on set because we end up like stroking around too much and then that will be funnier than what we have on the script. And then I think Miloš came up with a bunch of that. And then I don't know, I think I came up with a bunch of like the visuals and the edits and like the the, the graphics I did a lot that weren't really, I, I did a lot of like, I ended up re-editing quite a bit of this stuff and then I added a bunch of graphics that were not really supposed to be there, um, <laughs> just, yeah, I guess. Yeah, and I act in the movies and stuff, that's always fun, so. The biggest drama that came out of the shooting was me was imposing a mask mandate in my own apartment.
5: Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I had a
6: mask Because <laughs> we shot in my apartment, and we had only, like, four people in the crew, and then Mila was, was really adamant that we uh, all were a Here's the thing. Masks weren't a thing at that time,
5: though. It was, it's like, starting... Rare, yeah, like, no one wore masks until, like, October. So when masks started... You know, that's when it was like, okay, we got to wear the mask. Even though, like, we didn't wear the mask the day before. No, I know. it. Like, it made no sense, but for some yeah. It's just... So <laughs> how have you guys been since the, you know, pandemic started? Because, you know, we all saw each other last when the world was great and everything was all good. Every and then, favorite... bam, everything crashed and burned so quickly.
1: Well, we were trying to figure out. That was 20 or 19? Was it 20 or 19? Nine, Sundance. 20, 20,
6: early. Like, it was literally January 20 late January, 2020. And then March.
2: We've been doing a lot of this. Thank God for zoom. So we, we were yeah. still able to continue with bitch talk. And I feel like this has been keeping us sane.
1: Yeah. I mean, the world's different. A lot of things have changed in our lives, um, but we're here. So I guess that's good.
2: <laughs> yeah. And it's is-
5: oh, it crazy. It all comes full circle that now we're at another film festival and we're talking to you folks. Isn't that fun? I find that very interesting. Well, I
2: I love it. And I'm just proud of filmmakers like the two of you who are able to still make shit happen during a fucking pandemic. I mean, that's not it's not easy to be an independent filmmaker, period. And then you throw in a pandemic and it just adds a whole other complication mm-hmm. to So it's just so cool to see you still working, you know, and not not letting it stop you from being creative.
5: Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, we are always joking around a lot, so I think that's where it comes from, is sometimes when we joke around, uh, we're like, we should make a movie out of this funny joke that we created.
1: <laughs> yeah, I. you don't want to do anything about the pandemic, or are you already?
5: What do you mean? Well, it's like, kind I of, made, yeah, I a did, movie. Yeah, I did, yeah, I made you one. You did? During, yeah, with Alex from Tapeworm, it's called Wasting Time at the End of the World. Oh, <laughs> we couldn't do anything so it was just me and her and we filmed this movie where she's a comedian uh, who is doing stand up to a zoom call when that was weird you know now that's normal but back yeah. then it was like look at what's happening this we're always on zoom it's not even that interesting anymore but you should check it out we see time at the end of the world All right. on no budge or something it was good
1: well I was going to ask you are you guys heading to south by or
6: yeah, no yeah Oh, you guys are. Oh, cool. We'll be there on Thursday.
1: Okay. Well, that'll, that'll be exciting. Have you guys been traveling to film festivals or is this the first one?
6: No, it's the first one since, yeah, since uh, Utah. So I can't wait to wear a mask on the plane for a while.
2: You have a thing with the masks, Fabian. It's okay.
6: I don't. I'm You'll not be not all right. <laughs> I would, be, I
5: would <laughs> an extra amount of money, so I don't have to sit beside anyone because I get really claustrophobic. <laughs> <laughs> and now, because I'm very germophobic too, you know I am very germophobic. So, and uh, on the plane, I'm gonna be like, because I vowed when COVID happened to never go on a plane again. I'm never gonna leave Winnipeg ever again. <laughs> but I felt like we had. I had to go to Southwest Um So it is what it is. What can you do?
2: Yeah, we we decided not to.
5: Maybe yeah, next year. but we're
2: <laughs> super jealous because so many filmmakers are like, "Oh, we'll see you there," and we're like, "No, <laughs> we're the losers no. that are
1: staying you home."
5: Are of, you guys are based out of San Francisco, right?
2: Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah.
5: You guys get to be in San Francisco, which is pretty awesome.
1: It's not too shabby.
2: It's not too shabby. Come by and have a drink with us, seriously.
1: Hey, yeah, stop at yes. SFO.
2: We'll grab a Let's drink. Let's go to Happy Hour sometime. and be. We'll show that you. Yeah, really
5: cool. You know, I- <laughs> I've been to San Francisco. I've been to Los Angeles many times, um, but actually once only to Los Angeles when I was like a kid, but San Francisco, I've always wanted to go, you know, Austin is a great place. This is why, Mm -hmm. yeah, this is why I want to go is Austin is such a great place. um, And uh, I can't wait to check out so many cool Austin things that I didn't check out the many, the two other times that me and Fabian went. Um, Like there's this Daniel Johnston exhibit that I want to go see and where they shot uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. (laughs) Oh, sweet. (laughs) That'd be
1: awesome. (laughs) Are you going for the run of the, the festival or just for the weekend, opening weekend?
6: We always try to go for the full festival and then by the second weekend, we're like, "Oh, I can't do this anymore. So like <laughs> for this one, we tried also like we were I mean, I don't know about me, but I don't have the most money to be traveling right now. Mm-hmm. So we try to keep it fairly more accessible than going there for like, I don't know, 10 days or whatever.
2: Well, we've never been. Do they have the same amount of like free events and free cocktail happy hours and stuff that Sundance has? And free
6: food. Know, we, we got invited to a bunch of parties, I'm assuming. Yeah, and
2: go to the
1: free
6: parties. I'm gonna be so freaked about the parties, though. Like, oh, yeah. Like yeah, that's
2: it's so a good fun. point.
5: You know, since the pandemic happened, I haven't been doing drugs, drinking, eating crappy food. I've been going to sleep early. I don't know how this is going to pan out for me because I'm no party animal anymore. Like, I'm to <laughs> be a party animal. Can't wait to go to a film festival. Now I'm kind of, you know, nervous that I'm going to be the party pooper.
2: <laughs> or you're going to be the life of the party, and Fabian's going to have to drag you out of all of these events. Yeah, exactly.
0: exactly. <laughs>
2: we'll be we'll be all the, on the lookout for the news then. Coming. I'll the be Spotify. watching your Instagrams, both of you, <laughs> seeing what's going on.
1: <laughs> well, I just want to say thank you for coming back onto Bitch Talk. Um, it's been a pleasure seeing you both again. We have filmmakers Milos Mitrovic. And Fabian Belasco from the film Horse Brothers at South by Southwest 2022. Have a great time, you guys.
6: Thank you.
1: We are excited to welcome back to the show director Alice Gu, who has directed a documentary called Really Good Rejects, and um, it's for South by Southwest 2022. And it's another welcome back to the show um, to another one of our guests. We just had two of our uh, other guests on that we had at Sundance uh, 2020. So it's really good to see some familiar faces. So welcome back, Alice.
4: Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so, so pumped to be speaking with you, ladies.
1: You too. Um, If you can do us a favor and tell our audience what Really Good Rejects is, it'd be great. Oh, gosh. You know,
4: Really Good Rejects is a little hard to put into like one sentence. Um, But if I were to try, Really Good Rejects is about a luthier. Um, For people who don't know what a luthier is, it's a stringed instrument maker. So he's a guitar maker in Los Angeles by the name of Reuben Cox. And he started off as, you know, he's this kind of unlikely hero. He's like the unsung hero of these artists uh, and musicians whom we love and adore, names that may seem familiar to us, like B.B. Bridgers or Taylor Swift, The National, My Morning Jackets, Leader Kinney. He is the kind of guitar guru behind a lot of their their instruments. But I would say more than that, it's also about... The movie is really a vibe, you know? I, I can't say it's about, like, a cradle to grave and Ruben is very much still alive, but it's not, you know, it's not that kind of a story. It's really about a vibe out there. It's about feeling human. It's about connectivity. It's about what makes us feel a certain way. And from the very beginning, when it was kind of hard to put my finger on what exactly it was about, I would tell people that it's about magic. It's It's about the magic for, you know, if that doesn't sound too cheesy, but that really is what it's about.
2: I'm glad that you describe it that way, because I was feeling um, emotional watching watching it. Um, it. It's just the intimacy that you share with, you know, just, they're a famous musician, sure, but it's just a person and an instrument, but it's so much more, it's so intimate, and their description of it is kind of like a love story, or a dance. I'm, I'm not sure you know, how how to describe it, but um, the same with Donut King. You like to throw a lot of different elements into the film. There's like sort of animation and and all all these different aspects of because you're visualizing music. So can you talk about just the ideas that you came up with to sort of visualize something that is audio?
4: <laughs> yeah, I that was another thing too, and I, I would say for this film different from The Donut King. The Donut King, I used animation because there was just a lack of archival period. You know, if if anybody who's listening had seen it, you know, it's about Ted Noy and a bunch of um, Cambodian refugees who had fled and had to leave earthly possessions behind. And maybe if they had photographs, they were long lost and destroyed. And how do we, tell the story visually, you know, and, and have something interesting for, for our viewers to look at. And, and this one too, it's, it's different, but I didn't have archival for this one because they're talking about describing a feeling, you know, they're talking about like kind of a representation of what's in their hearts and, and what notes look like and what a certain song means to them or what it felt like. And and so it was actually a little, tricky to come up with an animation style for this one because I'm like, it's not, I didn't want it to be literal. It had to be representative and very abstract in that way. Um, so, and for viewers who see the film, some of that magic and kind of that stoke that I wanted to capture, like there's a line from Aaron Desner of the National in the film where he says, he's like, hey, you know, I, I'm 44 now, but when I'm playing, I can feel like a kid again.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: And I feel like if we can all be so lucky to tap into that, that enthusiasm, that stoke and that energy when we were a kid. So I wanted the animation to be very rudimentary and almost childlike. Mm -hmm. Um, So people, it's very different from Donut King animation. This is like kind of Mm -hmm. continuous line
1: and it's like stick figures almost. Well, I was going to ask, how were you introduced to Ruben?
4: So I am friends with Ruben's wife, Miwa Okamura, who is also featured in the film. I've been friends with Miwa for years and Ruben, you know, but pretty close with Miwa. And I knew that Ruben had a guitar shop. They're both very humble people. And you know, she's just like, you should check out the shop. It's really cool. And she and he does some cool instruments and for cool people, you know, and and (laughs) leaves it pretty, pretty vague like that. And and you know, I just got kind of busy and I was like, oh, you know, Ruben's shop is really interesting and cool. He makes guitars. And it's something that although I'm somebody who's always been very connected to music and instruments, I'd say this was a really fascinating dive for me to go into what goes beyond a piano or a guitar. I say piano, because that's what I played growing up. Um, and Miwa sent me an article over the summer um, and it was about Ruben and these rubber bridge guitars that he, you know, he's very modest. He says he doesn't, he didn't invent it, but he kind of did. Um, <laughs> and it's by putting a little piece of rubber across, you know, over the bridge of a guitar and it completely changes the way the guitar sounds. And instead of sounding like a ringy, chimey sound of guitar that we're used to hearing it, it, it flattens and it it kills all the sustain. It's a very flat and dead sound for the strings. And she sent the article and it included um, Blake Mills, who's in the film. He was kind of like, he's the the father of the rubber bridge and it had him playing a riff and it did something to me. I, I this little clip, I watched it 20 times over and over again on loop because the sound was just, it did something to me. It was so incredible. And the article, again Ruben and me were so humble but in this article it said oh it's in his guitars on Bob Dylan's new record and Taylor Swift and you know it named all of these people and I was like meanwhile I had no idea and it started I said joking not joking I said I I feel like I should do a little mini documentary about Ruben and she said you really should (laughs) and I was like should I would he be up for it and she's like totally and it really just happened very organically like that.
2: Yeah, he still is, even in his interview, so unassuming. And I just love (laughs) his temperament. And um, speaking of the musical legends that you got to interview for this, were you nervous before uh, speaking to certain people? Or did you reach out to some people that you couldn't get, but uh, but you you tried to for, for the doc?
4: Ruben is such an exceptional human, and he's gone above and beyond and this is what I hear from from Miwa, because I'm like, Miwa, everyone is saying yes. you know, Everybody <laughs> wants to participate in this film and some huge artists. And she said, well, Ruben goes above and beyond. He always delivers. He never asks anything in return. He never calls them and says, oh, can you put me on the list? Like he never asks for anything. And I think this is maybe the first favor, anything that's come from Ruben, like, hey, do you think you could come and speak in this documentary? and hands out every single person in this film said anything for Ruben. I'm so glad someone's finally doing a documentary about Ruben, it's so well-deserved. And this has been all across the board from all artists in the film. Um, And I don't know, it it all kind of happened so furiously and so quickly, like I would get texts from Ruben and he'd said, Carrie Brownstein is in, Jackson Brown's in, Aaron Dessner says he's in, Jim James says he's in. I'm like, oh my God, you know, and then you just kind of go. And it was also tricky. We, we were filming still during COVID. Mm-hmm. And after a year like 2020, when all concerts and all tours and everything were put at it, you know, they were all stopped. All these artists were so happy. Everybody was touring again. This was last summer. And I was like, hey, do you think you can come speak with me? And they're like, oh, God. They're like, we just, if anybody gets COVID, the entire tour, mm-hmm. like all the wheels will come off the bus. And so everybody to be very careful. And even then I can only imagine a glowing tour schedule. And they're like, well, they only have seven days off between, you know, they've been touring for a month and then another month. And that's how much Ruben means to them. They're like, but yeah, we'll make time for you. And Jim James right in the middle of a My Morning Jacket tour, you know, he came to meet us um, in a park and I don't know. We were just kind of there. And then we interviewed him in this park and he was this most uh, more on that later, but he's this incredible human. And as he drives off, we're like, okay, all right, that's it. You know, we kind of like left the release and like some sanitizer. We're like, you can go sign over there, you know, and we'll keep our distance. And as he drove off, like I elbowed my DP and I was like, like that was Jim Motherfucking James. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. I'm like, you that like you're just in it, and then later you just kind of realize. I'm like, that was Jim Motherfucking James. Mm-hmm. Like this is so cool. Like we're at Long Pond Studios with Aaron Dessner. Like this is where like a big Disney special, the Taylor Swift Folklore. You know, like that was. It's it's kind of it 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 would dawn on me later, kind of how mega and how cool and how giddy I felt inside.
1: I, I liked um, the interviews with obviously with men and women, but the men when they're talking about music and how it affects them and you know what was their first memory of music I mean Jim talking about the Muppet show was so mm-hmm. sweet. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I
2: love all of these guys <laughs> like, so emotional yes
1: yeah. so sweet. I, was it surprising to you to get those kinds <laughs> of interviews from them? Jackson Brown I mean geez. it
4: was it was uh, and Jim in particular, I mean who? doesn't love kermit the frog right. and the rainbow connection and i so looked it, it up
2: after after the movie and had to listen to it yeah
4: <laughs> it, it brought me back to my childhood too i my with my piano being the instrument i remember getting the sheet music to rainbow connection because mm. i had this big thing with kermit
1: um, <laughs> it's like next it, doc I'm sorry
4: <laughs> about kermit I tried to get Kermit, Kermit's a really hard one to get. I was like, Wow, that?
2: that was the one no, it was from Kermit. <laughs> that
4: was the one no. I was like, do you think we could do a Kermit and Jim James duet? But maybe, maybe later, maybe later. But, um, <laughs> it, you know, it was such a delight and I almost don't want to give it away because I'm mm. kind of embarrassed about it. But if you watch the film and you listen very carefully you can hear me because I couldn't hide my delight. I'd be like, wow. You know, I, I would like whisper, wow. Or I'd be like giggling and chuckling. I, I, I was like grinning ear to ear because there they were such intimate conversations um, to be able to ask questions that were kind of like the anti, I, you know, I didn't think about this until later. I shared an early cut of this film with a friend of mine who was, she was low hanging fruit. I mean, she was a huge music head and a huge music head. Big follower of like ninety percent of the artists in this film, and she consumes. She goes like every concert on every continent and like reads every article. And she's, she called me after, and this was an early cut. And she called me. She was like, she's like, I cried three times. I'm like, okay, I don't think it's that good, but I'm glad you, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you cried three times. <laughs> And she was like, I cried three times, you know, this time, this time, this time. And she said, you know what? I've been following all of these artists as super fans for so long. She's like, I have never heard them speak like this. Because you hear them on interviews, they're usually promoting an album or a certain something. And they all, you kind of hear the same thing. Oh, why did you write that song? What did this song mean to you? But you never talk about them in their childhood or what the music means to them or what it was like to practice and be intimate and alone with the guitar, what it was like to um maybe not feel like you fit in in this world and and music was your ticket out and it was it was it was incredible um and super inspiring And, and I felt like it was something that people I certainly needed to like replenish serotonin in my own soul and body after feeling like maybe disconnected from people after a couple years of this pandemic to not feel like alone or this I feel like music is something that can really help you feel like you're understood Mm -hmm. if you are feeling alone. Mm -hmm. Um, If that's making any sense, or if I'm rambling on and on here.
2: No, you're right, Alice, and that's what I was saying in the beginning. It was cathartic for me to watch, and I wasn't expecting this emotional reaction to the story. But um, but yeah, uh, my favorite parts of the film are when they just start playing out of nowhere you know they'll be like you know because sometimes I'll do and they're just like it's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard and they're just riffing like how they're artists it's insane I I, I
4: felt like I was just in awe of like being without sounding too much like a fangirl I feel like it's more than fangirl but like being in the presence of like a true artist and unicorn like someone who this I can't write music this is a skill I like one of the f- farthest skills from anything that I have. And I'm like, you make that. And I, I asked him, like, are you channeling from like a spiritual dimension? I'm like, how are these sound, How are these beautiful melodies coming out of you? And it still never ceases to mystify me.
1: Yeah. Um, I have one more question then we need to wrap, but the other, um, <laughs> the other character out of your documentary for me was Mark. The Hunter Gatherer. I mean, is there a side project with that guy? He was really. Oh,
4: I love him! <laughs> Thank you for paying attention to Mark the Hunter yeah. and Gatherer.
1: Well, I thought that was his band name first, but I was like, oh no, he really is.
2: <laughs> he really is totally happened to me a few times because yeah. I'm not hip to all the bands.
1: Yeah, so I don't know everything, so he could be a, some guy in this band <laughs> yeah. that I don't even know. Uh,
4: Hunter <laughs> and Gatherer. Okay, and when we were sound mixing the film my sound mixer was like and I noticed you know he says this to Ruben he's like here's this Japanese banjo I'll give it to you for a hundred and a half yes and we're like a hundred and (laughs) and a half (laughs) (laughs) who says that but I'm like we're totally like intrigued by him This guy is incredible. Yeah. He uh, Ruben's like, Hey, if you want to get to the shop, he's like this guy, he looks like doc from back to the future. (laughs) (laughs) And he just comes in his crazy van is filled with stuff that he's driven all up and down this state and other States looking for these old treasures. And he, um, he knows what he's looking for. He's Oh, I love that you love Mark. That makes Oh, I so love. Happy. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I want
1: like a little like short film about Mark. I'm sure he's got stories. And that van has
2: stories. I think you're onto something. And shirts. I mean, shirts with his image. I mean, yeah, this could be a whole Mark thing. Hunter
4: Gatherer. <laughs> Hunter gather. It's kind of like a Yeti looking yeah. at of guy. <laughs> a hundred and a half.
1: <laughs> Who says that? Yeah, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Who we says been, that? I don't know, but he does. I love him. Um Thank you so much. We've been speaking with director Alice Gu. The film is Really Good Rejects. It's premiering at South by Southwest 2022. So happy to have you back on the show, Alice. Come back anytime. And
2: congratulations, really.
4: Thank you so much. I'm so happy to see your faces and I hope we can um, we can make this a regular thing.
2: Yeah, well, <laughs> you're hard at work. You you keep spitting them out. So every time we see your name, we're gonna be like, come back, come back. Yeah. <laughs> Everything you do, please, yeah. Thank you so, so, so much.